Hello, and welcome to the Conscious Hoofbeat Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the interconnectedness of our health and the health of our horses through self-care, mindfulness, and personal development, along with a little equine wisdom and wellness. I am your host, Dr. Pamela Maynard, the passion-driven equinologist. I have dedicated my life to the horse. Some call me a fanatic, and I claim it because I'd rather be dead than horseless. I'm a published author and researcher, equine body worker, energy facilitator, and I am passionate about deepening the human horse experience. Join me here every Monday where I share my spiritual journey with horses, woo-woo horse care practices, and shared lived experiences from horsewomen around the world. Today, I have equine rehabilitation specialist and sport horse breeder, Heather Hawley, joining me from Ellington, Connecticut. Heather is the founder of Hope at Hollywood Equine. Heather takes pride in helping all horses heal and recover from injury. Blending state-of-the-art technology and holistic medicine, Heather strives to provide the top-notch care show horses need and I might add, deserve, in, their, in her laid-back, stress-free environment of her own home. Heather stands the stallion Dante MG, owned by Kathy Hickerson of Majestic Gates, New Hampshire. Heather's focus is to produce sound, sane, amateur-type horses who excel in all the three eventing disciplines. Heather's husband, Chris Farr, farrier to the stars, assists clients across New England with his own horse business, Far Better Farrier Service, LLC. Together, they share their lives with the horses at Hollywood, as well as their two dogs, two cats, two guinea pigs, and don't forget about the one rabbit. Welcome, <laughs> Heather Holly. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me today on like your one day off. And I just have to ask, what is that like? Because I didn't think horse people ever got a day off. I never get a day off. How? And then on top of it, you're like spending it with me. I feel so honored and privileged. Thank you. Oh, no, thank you. Um, well, I have been binge listening to all of your podcasts, like uh, since I heard about you, which was a few months ago when I was in Aiken for the winter. Um, and how do I get a day off? Well, self-care, baby. You got to schedule these things. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. You, got, you have to do it because the horses can be all-consuming, right? Mm -hmm. And for me especially, uh, because I'm married to a horse person, I live above the barn, and that is how I run my rehab. I hear everything. I have cameras on the stalls that I can't see for mares that are expecting. So you have to just say, I'm unavailable for this time. And good for you. Good for you. I preach that all the time about self-care. I, you know, I do all my chores myself. I mean, we know like good help is hard to find. And sometimes you can't even find bad help, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I have to, because I'm on quote unquote on seven days a week, I have to incorporate a little something into my day every day or I'm not sustainable. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So. Whether it's like yoga or like, 
um, or just stretching, you mm-hmm. know, or mm-hmm. like making a cup of coffee and just like really like getting 30 minutes or 10 minutes of just nothingness. Just yeah. reset, refocus, like try, I try to do it every single day. One thing I do, and I did a podcast on this too about, you know, what's your daily ritual and I make make it my daily my chores are kind of my daily ritual right like it takes me an hour in the morning to get like my me and my mashes and my supplements and i have lots of cats and their supplements and the special needs animals supplements and i make it a ritual and make it very present and mindful and that in a of itself can be partly like self-care you know absolutely you know make I love the, the supplements and the feed i feel like a mad scientist in there i'm like doing all my tinctures and all of my thing it's like witchcraft I'm in there i don't i love it i love doing it i yeah that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> we'll talk about that later yeah i Oh man, now you got me all excited about that. We're all, we're all like gooey and giggly about doing supplements. I'm like, that, that is the definition of horse crazy, girlfriend. 100%. That's a perfect word. I love it. I love it. So I also love that you talk about stress-free rehab. What does that mean to you? And what is your approach to stress-free rehab different from not stress-free rehab? Um, Well, I would say, yes, this is my home. I live with the animals. And like in Europe, that is a very um, like normal and natural thing to live with your animals and and other places in the world. And literally in my own town, I had to like prove that this was healthy to my for my zoning code. They were like, you cannot live in a barn. That's unhealthy. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, these are the healthiest horses you've ever met. I mean, you know, some are recovering, but like it is, um, it's my home, you know? So, uh, to make it stress-free, everything that you would do in your home, air quality, you know, we have a lot of windows, the, the kind of bedding that we use, um, keeping it clean. Um, there, there is no, I'm not a trainer anymore. In 2015, I gave up my professional card and said, um, I'm going to go be a groom and learn more about horses. I mean, like we're always learning more about horses, but I just wanted this rehabilitation place to be very stress-free laid back. I can also hear the horses. So I hear if they're breaking their teeth, pawing, um, just unsettled walking stall walking stuff like that so literally i say whatever the horses need they get and stall rest is you hear me talk to any of my rehab clients is like the number one thing that's prescribed and what people don't understand is vets are great at what they do is treating horses in the moment in the illness and they don't see them for months and months and months, right? And so they say, stall rest six weeks. Jack, hand walk five minutes a day uh, after the six weeks, increase by five minutes. 
And I laugh. I see these things. I go, <laughs> that's cool. Because I'm going to take this horse that's been saw resting for six weeks. Just walk him around for five minutes. He's going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We don't understand. You have to incorporate these horses into their lives. And I get people all the time who call me, FaceTime me, and say, like, I'm rehabbing my horse and, and help me. It's hard. It's hell. He's a different horse. He's mean. He's angry. He does, you know. So it's a lot of things. It's like uh, I feed a lot of treats because every time the horses see me, I want them to have a positive experience rather than oh, she's going to poke me. Mm-hmm. She's going to hurt me. She's mm-hmm. gonna, or she's going to let me out. I'm going to go nuts. Like I just want them to be like, oh, this is a nice girl. We're in a nice place. And, and I can let go to relax because sometimes horses will heal physically and mentally get way more screwed up. Agreed. Agreed. That's, that's, that's the essence behind it. How do we heal them physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and not have, you know, and, and show barns are stressful. Like these horses have jobs and like I'm facilitating getting them back to work back to their jobs and there's a big conversation that happens with every new rehab client I get before I even accept them that um what are your expectations you know and what is this horse going to go back to doing like is he going to go like if I have a particular rehab horse right now they gave me permission to uh to talk about him but he we think he was injured he broke his hip getting cast in his stall. And so he's a very big boy. And of mm-hmm. course, what did they recommend for that stall rest? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like, so now I have to take a horse who was injured in a stall and keep him in there and, and keep him trapped in there. Um, there are literally five doors to his stall. We call it the suite. It's two stalls put together. So there's two front doors. There's also two back doors. It runs out into a small med pen that is like double the, that size of a stall. And then it's covered by a porch so he can go out in any weather. Mm-hmm. And then there's a door to that med pen. So there's five doors to this stall. So, I mean, this horse is like got, again, the suite, the rehab suite, but it doesn't feel like a stall. It doesn't really look like a stall. It's like he can be confined, but also have, see everybody, um, see outside, uh, know what the weather is, you know, feel the winds feel the sun and not have to be worried about, is he going to slip? Because the, the biggest thing that I rehab is like tendon, ligament injury, stuff like that. And the most time that they can get injured is either in the stall, which is like this horse's case, right. or leaving the stall for some kind of a treatment. It's usually the time when they're like, Wah! yeah, yeah. I love how you're getting creative with the, the definition of a stall. yeah because stall rest whenever i see it it like gives me the cringes because i think of ulcers like right away you know and like i think of um you know stall vices vices doesn't usually come up without the stall in front of it right so you don't get like weaving cribbing um self-mutilation i have a lot of i've seen a lot of horses who harm themselves and, um, you know, and again, the drugs that we use, and I do have to use pharmaceuticals, I try to use as many holistic natural products as I can, um, but I have to use them. 
it's just like giving drugs or, or taking, you know, if you ever took painkillers or you ever had to take muscle relaxers, like not only are there addictive qualities, but there's withdrawal and the body, you're putting these pharmaceutical drugs into these horses. Sometimes you have to, you have no choice, but there are repercussions. And this is again, in the conversation that I have with people when they bring their horses in, like I'm very good with a needle, but it's, it's, there's a price you pay every time, you know, there's pros and cons to using sedatives, oral sedatives, injectable sedatives. Um, and it's very, it's very hard to, to. Well, yes, because this is the thing about that approach is it takes care of everything right now and fixes the symptoms. But what about six months from now when we're detoxing and something else comes up or they abscess or, you know, because they're detoxing through their feet and people don't stop to think about why, why, what did, what's happened in the last six months to a year? I, I will give you a quick example. Um, it's a cat, but nonetheless, it's still a good example. I had a cat that had to have a little procedure done back in December because he had a, an oral hematoma on his ear. And you think, no big deal. We'll put him under, put a little drain in. No big deal, right? Well, he hasn't been quite right since that. And now we're detoxing. We're just now. And I've been supporting his system. And he's just now start going through a health crisis and starting to detox. It's May. This happened the 1st of December and people mm -hmm. don't always put two and two together. And that's what, that's what this podcast and my work and conscious hoof beat is about is about bringing awareness to these things. Oh, I love that. And, and people, they don't, they will get a supplement to fix a problem that the environment may be causing that they may be giving their horse a lot of NSAIDs and they're causing an issue so then they're like oh he's skinny well i'm gonna give him this fat supplement oh he's prone to ulcers so rather than reduce the stress that the horse experiences they're like i'll just give him this ulcer preventative and they don't really know what they're giving their horses a lot of the times like um a lot of horses come in on the gastroguard type supplements mm -hmm. and, and Again, I go through a, like a whole long conversation checklist of saying like, okay, do you understand that that drug will turn off stomach pumps in the acid in the horse's stomach? So you, your horse isn't going to be able to digest his food the way he was. Like, you know what you're doing, right? Like, so everything that you put into your horse's body has an effect, right? Everything you do to the body then has an effect. So when people talk about the holistic side of it, like, um, you know, Reiki or energy work and, and all these things that I practice, body work. Um, and I said, well, you know, when, when he's working, you know, we had him, the chiropractor and we had that sort of thing. We had massage done, but like, no, he doesn't need that now. I'm like, he needs that now <laughs> more than ever. He's like, you know, I mean, when you're older and you know you're not riding as much, you feel it real good the next day. You know, it's, and so yeah, it's all about balance. You know, like and especially if you're taking an integrative approach, like 
I do everything probably 99% holistic with my animals and myself for that matter. And I'm not saying that we don't have a purpose for our veterinarians. Like we, we need to be able to have a relationship with them. I'm lucky I have a relationship with mine that they're okay with my holistic approach, you know, and, and I don't see my vet very often, quite honestly, but once in a while we need a vet. Right. And, and it's about having this awareness and the knowledge around all these different approaches and what we can do. And it's about balance, 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 balance. It's not just, we're going to do this today and it, oh, it didn't work. It's like, no, it's a, it's a process creating health and maintaining it is a process and it's harder probably now than i feel it's ever been because we're living in such a toxic world and like you know clearing the liver is the first thing i always do if the liver is not cleared the horse can't even assimilate the supplements or vitamins that you're giving them and if you're constantly putting drugs in them off his stomach acid pumps he can't yeah. digest right and i feel like uh, it's not to interrupt you but uh to add to that we're living in a toxic environment but also like the consumption we're being marketed these products that are going to save the day you know, that, oh, you have this problem, you need this, you need that. And it's, it's an approach. It's a balance. It's not a one. Yeah. And I always have people say, how do you, you know, my, well, I got I'm getting, I'm, my wheels are spinning because I'm just loving this conversation. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I can't talk fast enough. Like I have people say, well, I need help taking care of a senior horse. I don't, I don't treat my senior horses any different than the rest of the horses. And my approach is about creating health and keeping these animals as healthy as they can be so that we prevent stuff down the road or if we do have a health crisis, they're gonna come out of it quicker, better, and I hate to say it, alive, because sometimes they don't always survive. That's the reality of it. I have a horse here. Um... And again, his mom gave me permission. His name is Sir Rockford. Lovely. Has to be the Sir. Yeah. Yeah. And um, his mom shows down south for the winter, and he had been residing at this barn. He's in his thirties, and he he had been residing at this barn for a long time, and it was a show barn. But they knew how to take care of him. They knew what he needed. He was still being ridden because she was a firm believer that he wanted to keep going and he didn't want to give up. So, and he needed that to feel uh, useful. And, and I think she was right. So we, the barn was like kind of shutting down for the winter. So we were moving him here and it was like a process. Like it was, we were very scared. He was going to fall down in the trailer. I literally rode in the trailer with him when he came here <laughs> and it's only 20 minutes away, but it was like a little bit of an ordeal. He was sore afterwards for a long time. And I thought Pamela, he, this horse would last six months. I'm like, hopefully he lives through the winter. So when this woman comes home or is mm -hmm. still alive, because moving him was a huge stress. He yes. lived at the same farm for the longest time and they kind of knew his routine. So I was learning the routine and I was just trying to do everything for this horse. And he is still here like two and a half years later. He's thriving. 
Um, okay. And it just, yeah, it, it was it was a crazy experience because this woman had been told by a bunch of different people, you know, you, you should just put him down because, you know, you don't want to put him through that. You don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, and it, it was like, I was sad for her that she had to be go, th- go through that. She's like, listen, I'm, I, I'm an advocate for um, euthanasia when used properly, when, when in, in the right circumstances, I think it is a, a gift that we can use in veterinary medicine that we don't have available to us in human medicine. Yes. However, um, this woman knew her horse and he was absolutely a fighter. He just has a frail body, you know, and he just is an old, old man. That just felt literally, we were just battling age and, and simple things like raising up his feed and not making him have to bend all the way to the ground. That mm-hmm. was because he's very arthritic, mm-hmm. you know, simple mm-hmm. things we could do that cost zero dollars. Right. Make, improve this horse's quality of life. And I swear, one of the main things I didn't do, it was an accident, is being around young horses, especially the ladies. He's Sir Rockford is a ladies man. Being around the youth has made him more vibrant. Oh, yeah. 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 I got a, a baby a year and a half ago as a weanling. He's two now. And my 21 year old plays with him. Like he's a baby again. It's so good for them. So we're going to take a little break here and we will be right back. Okay, we're back with Heather Holley talking about stress-free rehabilitation. And I loved how you were talking about how a lot of people say just put the horse down and don't give them a chance. And I think personally, from my experience, people are lazy. If they can't give them a shot or a pill, they're not willing to do the work. It's not just with rehab. You know, I have three freebie horses in my backyard that, that were screwed up, probably more emotionally, but we know emotional stuff manifests into physical issues. And it's taken years. You know, a lot of it's been detoxing from all the over-vaccinating, the vaccine injuries, the chemical wormers, chemical fly sprays, you know, injections, the list goes on. And it's been, for me, a very rewarding experience. And, and I'm sure you see the rewards in rehabbing and not everybody can see that. But if you were having to bring awareness, like, because that's what we're talking about, bringing awareness to you know, the, the approach to rehab and how it can, it can be affordable and it can pay off in the long run. Can you speak to that? Yeah. I groomed for a Olympic rider, um, for several years and the biggest takeaway that I got from that experience was that you need what I call the big five and the big five is your horse's team. Because we all know this is uh, a one-on-one sport, but horses, it takes a village, right? Mm-hmm. From rearing, birthing, breeding to, you know, showing and hopefully, or, or just being a, a contributing equine, <laughs> a member of society, right? Yeah. So the, big, the big five are the owner, rider, okay? That's 
sometimes they're the same people, but sometimes not. Right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's mm -hmm. an owner and a rider. Um, and the second one is the trainer. Sometimes the rider is not the trainer, but sometimes the rider is the trainer. Mm -hmm. um, so again, any of these things can be interchangeable, but we, I group owner and rider as number one, because they're pretty much making the bulk of the decisions and they have the money to spend pretty mm -hmm. much. The owner is responsible for paying the bills. The trainer is spending the owner's money usually and trying to educate the horse. Okay. And so they need a healthy horse to be able to educate properly. You know, the third I call our practitioners um, would be the vet, body worker, um, not the farrier. He's his own. He's number mm -hmm, four. Mm -hmm. Because no hoof, no horse. That is 100% true. Yep. And number five, if people really don't think about the groom or the person who deals with your horse on a daily basis, you can call them the barn manager. Mm -hmm. um, barn managers wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. They have to manage different staff. Um, but who is the person who is interacting with your horse every day? And in a lot of cases, it's not the owner. It's not the rider because the rider is seeing them maybe for an hour a day, maybe not every day. You know, it's not the trainer because a lot of trainers are not managers of their barn. So there's a lot of people on your horse's team. And so delegating, when, when people call me with a, a problem like, like, oh, my horse has this problem and I've been trying to fix it or like, you know, you know, trying to manage it again. And I, a lot of people, like you said, they want to, they're lazy. They want one solution. They want to call the vet or they call my husband and say, fix it. So I say, step back and look at what, what your role is. Right. And if you can define your role and I caution people when you're taking on many roles right if you're the owner rider trainer vet farrier practitioner and <laughs> you're managing your horse on a daily basis like you need to get out more you need to let oh my god you're talking to me you're talking to me. i wear all those hats except for the vet part <laughs> although i avoid the vet by doing all my other practitioner hats so well, so in the future you will see a i'm gonna put out a, a book a workbook i feel like it's a workbook but it's basically getting who who's on your horse's team right so if you can figure that all out and maybe it's like a good friend that is a trainer, or maybe you have a, a trainer friend who's not necessarily your trainer. You can like, can bring them onto your horse's team, you know, or send them a video. They don't even have to be, you know, in the same state and be like, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this problem? You know, because a lot of times we manifest the worst case scenario. And when people are talking to me, they're like, like he, you know, he should be back to ride but you know he's still walking and I don't understand why I mean he's been out for six months I'm like honey this could take two years right you know so like but again and it could take a lot of money it could take a different you know you, maybe you need a different approach and so I always say like if you can write those things down identify and just be able to like come apart and, and realize it does take a village and just identify what your roles are and what other roles could you delegate or who could you have on your horse's team who, who wants the same things in you 
right? Don't ask that nosy barn friend who, you know, wants to beat you at the next horse show. Don't ask them. They're not on your horse's teeth, <laughs> right? I, yeah, and know. I look at it as like a support system. So like, you're like, you can't wear all the hats. I'm like, um, that would be me. But <laughs> I have a but or an and. I wear all the hats and I have a support system. I have a friend, you know, who's a healer and a body worker and a farrier. And I can call her and be like, yes. like, give, can, do you have any feedback? And we do that with each other, right? Because we, awesome. we tend to get in our heads. We just want to help these animals so bad. And sometimes we need to take a step back and be like, you know, what would you do? Do you have any hits? You know, we, we get... I call it intuitive wellness. You know, I've been doing this long enough now, you know, like we get these hits, we get these downloads and, and can share that with each other. I have a, tr I have a trainer friend. She's my best friend. We clean poop with each other every morning on the phone, you know, and like talk about working our horses the day before. How did so-and-so work? What did you do different? What worked? What didn't work? It's like having that, that support system. Yeah, having the support system and getting it out of your head so that when you need to talk to your vet or your trainer, um, you you can communicate more effectively. You know, because like uh, when I worked as a veterinary assistant and would go on routine calls, so many times, I'm not going to say every time, but lots of times we would show up to inject hawks, right? Like, oh, so-and-so needs this hawk stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the person would be like, oh, who are you here to see? Sunny. Okay. So they pull Sunny out and the trainer's like, yeah, like I thought he needed his hawks done because he's been like tripping a lot. And the vet's like, oh, wait, hold up. Wait, he's tripping? Well, yeah. <laughs> and then they'd be like, um, you know, like, well, we did have him, we changed farriers like a few months ago and like he wasn't tripping before then, but now, and then you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a second. And then when did, so you change barriers, you notice this tripping, when did the trip, you know, so it goes down some other path, then we'll flex the horse and he's lame on his right front. I'm like, what is going on? Right? Like, so yeah, yeah. A hawk injection, a routine hawk injection will turn into a whole can of worms. And then the person will be like, and this has happened to me. I had a horse come up from Florida. The lady like just decided like, you know, it was a little too much pressure down there. So they sent the horse back home up north and I'm riding the horse and she said, oh, it, it takes, it took a funny step. Do you think that was a funny step? I said, well, let's take a video. We'll send it to the trainer, send it to the trainer. Now he's panicked. Like it's lame. I said, no, she just thought it took a funny step. So I took a video. I sent it to you. Um, he's like, oh, well, don't tell her it's lame because then she'll go, she'll go crazy and call yeah, her dad. Yeah. He goes, well, has she been getting the Equiox I sent up with her? I said, no, I did. I have the text of the feed instructions. There's no Equiox. Oh, well, she gets Equiox every day and regimen. I said, oh, where are they? Oh, they're in the trunk. <laughs> in with her trunk. It's at the bottom of her tack trunk. She's been home a week and a half and had no Equiox and no regimen. So she's whinnying and, you know, and whatever. That's a funny step. So, so I was like... Everyone calm down. We're going to get the horse back in line and get her back in her routine, which makes her the happiest. And everybody was fine. But it like saved a thousand dollar vet bill. Like what's wrong with the horse, right? Like just those people communicate. The trainer, the mm -hmm. groom, mm -hmm. or barn manager, the owner, rider, 
right? And like the the vet had prescribed these things for this horse because that's what she needed. So like, I'm all about sticking with the system if it works, but like if we have no system in place, that's when it's an issue. So I just feel like get it down on paper, get it out of your head, write it down. And then like um, you can just better help your horse. You can just have all the information available. One of the things I do with my clients with our custom wellness plans is I make them journal and log everything. Now, what they choo choose to end up doing on their, their end, is, you know, I guess I don't totally know because I do a lot of distance work. But my, every one of my animals has their own notebook and everything is logged, every, everything. And it, it doesn't take that long to jot a few things down. They're chicken scratches. I'm, it's not for somebody else to read and understand necessarily, you know. But, but see, wouldn't it be great if this was all in a Google Doc? And then you could send it with the horse. And so then the barn manager could be like, or the, the practitioner, holistic practitioner could be like, hey, have we checked the vitamin E levels? Oh yeah, we did in October, you know, or whatever. Or we had this supplement, we stopped all these things. You know, it's like, just get it on paper. Like you said, chicken scratch it, whatever it is, a Google doc, something. Something. Yeah, I'm a, little old, I'm a little old school and I still like to write stuff down in a, in a notebook. But yes, something. Something, something would be yeah. better than than nothing because it are, is those those little things, you know, like I know we're talking about horses, but I go back to the cat, you know, that's having his little detox health crisis. Well, he also has inflammatory bowel disease and he accidentally got into some food that he shouldn't have had that was for the other cat. And it's just something little like that set it off but i didn't set it off till later on and i didn't realize it till i went back read my log oh yeah he ate this that day and threw up okay you know just and, and i'm not saying i'm perfect and get every little cat throw up or whatever written down but yeah, right. you know i i make a good solid effort you know when it started right mm -hmm. like that yeah would be a good exactly he started vomiting or like like your horse like um well had it been written in the feed instructions i would have known she was supposed to be getting these <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like yeah and so little things can save a lot in the long run and i think a lot of people don't always understand the difference between like cost and price you know yeah. This is oh, this wow. is the cost of these supplements up front. And I have more people say, oh, I can't afford that or I can't afford the wellness plan. But the price down the road is how much are you paying in vet bills? How, oh. it, right? Like, I, ask, ask me how much my vet bills were last year for my horses for 2021. No, <laughs> that's a loaded question. I'm not going to ask you that. <laughs> Why is that loaded? Uh, because they, I'm going to be like, did I spend that? How much did I spend? Was it more than me? It's a, this is a competition-driven sport, Pamela. We're like, we're indoctrinated in this sport to like, if you're not winning. Oh, see, I'm that. I left that behind. I'm all about my conscious hoofbeat now and mindfulness and presencing, and I I've left the ego behind. Just Good ask for you. Just ask. for shits and giggles, ask me what if what is my vet bill to date, including 2021, and now we're into 2022. All right. Well, you did say you don't really see the vet that often. <laughs> okay, but like, let's say you 
do like a spring and fall. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb. Twenty five hundred dollars. Zero. See, I've spent no money on the vet. No $1. money. Now, you better touch wood. No, I'm. I don't have to touch wood. This I'm. I'm have this much faith in my That's creating fun. creating health. I've that much faith in it. Like I said, that doesn't mean I don't. I don't need the vet once in a while, and I have a relationship with my vet, and I'm very grateful for that. The most money I've spent in the last ten years on veterinary bills was for two euthanasias, yep. and that happens, right? Sometimes. Sometimes they don't always come out of it. I had a mare that was sprayed by agriculture chemicals, kept her going for over four more years, but ultimately it shortened her life. It just did, you know. Um, another one was a colic, and it was it was in Arizona. It was not at my own property where I can manage the horses the way I feel the need to manage them. Mm -hmm. And it was stress, you know, and I, I don't believe in doing $11,000 colic surgery on a 22-year-old gelding who had had to have colic surgery the last time he lived in Arizona at the age of nine. So, but the the money I spend, right, the cost versus price, like the money I've spent keeping these animals healthy has it's saved. a lot more than zero, yeah. Yes, but it saved me the price of a lot of other things down yeah. the road. Yeah. You know, and I always, when people come in and we have that conversation, I talk about my costs and I always give people the opportunity to buy their own, whatever it may be. So like my feed store is great. They can, you can, they have everything, every kind of grain and every kind of everything, different kinds of hay. I'm so lucky that I have a right down the road, a great hay place. And so I'll let people put their credit card on file down there. And so if I need to buy them, you know, $40 alfalfa bales, we, I can buy that. Um, mm -hmm. And I just put it on their tab or extra shavings if the horse is, you know, post-surgery and needs a lot of bedding. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll just, I'll say, you know, you just buy it. And I always say, I know you guys are spending any amount. Like oh, most people, horse people would say like, I'll do anything. Like I'll spend any amount of money. I don't want them to have to spend so much money on the board or the shaving. I mean, I'm not going to try to make $3 off a bag of shavings by like upcharging. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. the silliest thing. Like if your horse needs more shavings, just, we'll just get them. <laughs> like it's whatever but like I don't need to make money off of it you know so I just try to keep my price like all inclusive and then if the horse needs extra then like we talk about that and what it costs like you said and and we'll, we'll try to accommodate them however but like I feel like if they're spending a lot of money up front and it all depends like when my in my area I would say I'm high because I have a lot of technology, right? Like I have a horse gym treadmill. I have comfort stalls, which is like two inches of foam with a seamless rubber top cover. It can be disinfected. It can be, you know, I have a, a lot of things that cost a lot of money up front. So I would say my board for my area is more expensive, but I'll have people from North Shore of Boston send me a horse and they're like, oh, this is cheap. 
compared to what I was paying. I, I feel like we can't, we can't really compare you to a regular boarding facility. You're not a regular boarding facility. You not, are no. a rehabilitation facility catering to special needs horses. Absolutely. And, and so, but I'll tell them, you know, I try to keep it at a cost base rather than cost plus because it's just what, this is what I know with my bills and what I charge, this is what I can um, provide. And then if there's extras, then we do extras. And it's just, it's just, it's what it is. So, you know, most of my people are just so grateful for that because like we talked about, vet bills can get out of control um, and, and lots of things can get out of control. Shoeing packages, add-ons there, training rides, extra rides, it's lunging versus this or that. I just say my board includes something every day. It's like something every day, what, what the horse needs. So if it's hand walking, if it's this, if it's that. And so if it's one hour of whatever, like, Maybe it's acupressure massage that day because it's a rainy, windy, horrible day. So I'll put them under the infrared sauna, the solarium. I have that at my disposal. And so I can, it's just what the horse needs that day. And it might not be a walk in the indoor, in the wind. Right, right. So I don't try to say, oh, it's this much and this. I just say it includes what the horses need. And if they need more than that, we'll cross that bridge. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I feel like you and I could talk and talk and talk and talk and, talk and swap stories. And um, I think I think it's time to maybe wrap it up and bring you back for for a, a second podcast later on, so, so we can get it all in. If if there was one thing you wanted to sum everything up with, with a little bit of some of Heather's equine wisdom, what would it be for horse owners when it comes to rehabbing? And I think more specifically using maybe integrative and holistic approaches and not just doing it the Western medical way. Yeah, I, I love the term you use, woo-woo, um, because I do a lot of woo-woo. You know, I do, uh, I am certified in animal Reiki, um, so I use that. Um, I would say my, my thing that I wish I could tell everyone who has a horse is, is there was a big push movement of natural horsemanship and whispering. And, you know, uh, there was a certain, like, I think you had to wear like fringe and <laughs> wear like jade jewelry if you were into horse whispering, mm-hmm. but just listen to your horse because they cannot speak. Mm-hmm. listen to them so when they are acting out when they are showing aggression when you know listen to them because there's a reason they are trying to speak out and they are trying to tell you something is amiss in all of the practices that I use and, and all the technology that I integrate into my rehabilitation is all again need-based on what the horse is telling us and I hate the, the connotation with communicator, animal communicating. Mm. But what I tell people is horses do speak to us. How else would you be able to ride them over a course of meter 60 fences? Like you're not doing it with just legs and just hands. You're 
telling them with your mind, you're talking to them, they're talking to you. You're saying very quickly, speed up, slow down, turn left, turn right, over here, over there. And they're feeling you and they're, they're listening to you and you know it. And every single horse person who's in love with a horse or whoever has been will needs to just say, animal communication is not a crock of, you know what? It is real. Horses are talking to us. They're just using their animal ways to communicate with us. I always say the horses are talking. Are you listening? Right? Like be, and be aware of the obvious. And the only way you can be aware of the obvious is to get yourself quiet and out of your head and into your heart and sit and be, be still and observe your horse. Right? That's the only way to, we need to slow down and, and take a moment and be able to do that because in our go, 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 go culture and society, and especially in the show, yeah, and the show world is all you know about that. But just take a moment. It doesn't take that long, you know. Like, how are yeah. you? How are you showing up for your horse in the barn? Are you yakking on your cell phone? Are you multitasking? All right, you know, do you got like a bazillion things in your head, or do you take a moment to take a deep breath, exhale, take a moment, and observe your horse? How? Where are they at today? Where are you at today? Right, observe yourself. Beautiful, beautifully said. The, yeah, the horses are talking, but are you listening? And are you even in a place to hear them? Right, right. You know, and when I see a horse as acting dangerously sometimes in a stall or uh, aggressive, instead of going to the needle, you know, and saying, "Oh, you need to calm down. You're going to hurt yourself," you know, I go, "Why is he acting this way? What is he trying to tell me?" You know, is he telling me I'm hurting? Is he telling me I'm bored? Is he telling me my girlfriend just left the bar? What is he trying to tell me? How right. can I alleviate that stress without going to the needle or, you know, just using force? You know, why is he speeding up at the jump? Well, maybe his feet hurt, you know, and he doesn't want to, you know. Or maybe you're starting, lady. maybe yours as the rider, you're starting to anticipate that he's going to speed yeah. up at the jump and 100%. he feels that. Listen, listen, listen. If I, they cannot speak, so you have to try to interpret what their behavior, what their language, they do have a intricate language. We just need to listen. Yeah, yeah. And they mirror us. We always forget that they mirror us. You know, so people are yeah. like, oh, that stupid horse or that mirror's being a bitch. Well, just remember, they mirror your emotions. <laughs> so, again, how are you today? Let's check in with ourselves, yeah. see where we're at. You know, my baby, he's not a baby anymore, but he'll always be my baby. He's two now. And he is so good at letting me know when I'm not present with him. He's so good at it. And I then it's like, oh, thank you. His name is Jelly Bean. <laughs> Thank you, Jelly Bean, for reminding me. Mama needs to get out of her head now. And it's just a moment to acknowledge him, right? To yeah. scratch his withers or, you know, what is it that you need? Sometimes it's just to be acknowledged and some attention. Right, right. Yeah, I love it. This, this is like, you're right. We could talk forever because we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, I love it. We are, and we're total woo-woo sisters, but I, you understand, and for those listening, when I say woo-woo, 
I, I use it kind of as a play on words in that this stuff that people think is woo-woo, it's not woo-woo. You know, um, it's been around for thousands of years, way longer than Prevacox and Equilox has been around exactly. and on the planet, you yeah. know. 100%. And, Her and herbs and homeopathics. Yeah, all of that. Go on. What, how many cultures have grown with the horse over the centuries? You know, I mean, I don't know the exact quote, but I mean, humanity owes a lot to the horse. Yes. They have carried us through war. They have carried us from place to place uh, for transportation. But um, they've been part of our tribe. And like, if you don't treat them as such, they have a voice and that they are, you know, part of our, you know, not our, our only our small community, but like the whole humanity at large, like we owe a lot to them. We have a responsibility to just give them a voice, like give them a say as to what they want. They're trying to tell us every day. Yeah, I've been told that I'm a voice for the voiceless and a human equine translator. You know, we talk about horse whispering and communicators and psychics, and I'm, I don't think you need a, a psychic to tell you what your horse is saying. You just need to tune in. Tune Love in. it. Yes. So, um, listeners, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, share with all of your like-minded, crazy, horse crazy lovers that you know and um if you want to uh find out more about heather and what she does and needs some horse rehab on the east coast where can they find you good old facebook <laughs> hope at hollywood equine or my personal page heather holly um it does have the a in there you can say it however you want h-o-l-l-a-y that's mm -hmm. me. Hope at Hollywood Equine um, in Ellington. I love to connect with people like via Messenger or FaceTime and learn about their horses. And if I can be, be of a help, that is the best place to find me. Awesome. Thank you. And if anybody's interested, they can go to ConsciousHoofBeat.com. I do free 30-minute health and wellness strategy sessions to figure out where we can reduce chemicals in your horse's life to reduce stress. And I do custom wellness plans if anybody's needing some help and guidance in creating health with their horse so they can avoid going to the equine rehabilitation specialist. Well, even some of my patients, uh, like I said, I asked permission to talk about some of their horses. They will be visiting. They have visited. And I know a few of them are going to set up that session with you because they, they're very into the woo-woo over here. We all, we're all about it. We're on the woo-woo train. <laughs> It's, and it's not all woo-woo. I just really do more natural approaches to oh, horse yeah. care. Oh. And yeah, I just, I don't love that. You love the woo-woo. Okay. I crazy, crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, my wife's horse crazy or my daughter's horse crazy. Or I have a lot of male friends who are horse crazy. I, I've lost relationships over my horse crazy, and I have no regrets about it. No regrets. It. Yeah. Like the horses were here before you, and the horses will probably be here after you. Part <laughs> so. of the lifestyle, absolutely. Yeah, That's no, right. I, mean, I definitely think a lot of my clients will be um, checking out 
your your plans as well because you know we're in we're into the whole approach and there's no there's no one size fits all it's like you're saying every horse that comes through your barn you can't just be like this is what it is today he might need this tomorrow he might need that but it's not like anything set in stone every horse is different they're on a different path on their journey to health healing wholeness and i i was taught my my great mentor and teacher Dr. Regan Golub teaches that health is a three-legged stool. You have physical, chemical, and emotional. And I've added a fourth leg to my wellness stool, and that's the spiritual aspect, because I believe a four-legged stool is sturdier than a three-legged stool. And it's that spirit that we show up with, that, that spiritual connection we have with the horses that brings in just a whole nother level of health and healing. And it's my mission to put that out to the world and share it with people and bring yeah. awareness. And I, I just want to thank you and acknowledge you for for living that mission on the other side of the the states doing the same thing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I really you acknowledge know, I'd you. Like, I'd like to probably leave people with this reminder that there there's no such thing as, as a failure too. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, I failed my horse or, you know, I've had rehabs that didn't um, recover, like that, that that didn't make it. And I cannot count those as failures because I learned from them. So if you have yeah. a horse and you think you're failing, you know, you, you know, we're all learning. This is a lifelong learning journey. You're yeah. not failing. They come, they come here to be our teachers. I really believe that if we choose to listen to them and learn something and not not all people want their animals to get better. I find that when they bring that energy to the table, I find owners that they like talking about what's wrong with my horse this month. They like the attention of going to the vet and, oh, I did this and, oh, we had this done. And then there's horses that I think don't, they don't want to get better. They're ready. They're ready to leave the planet. You know, it's a, it's a lot of work for them too. And we have to honor and respect that when it's their decision and not, put the blame on anything that the reality of life is we're all terminal. We're mm -hmm. all terminal. You know, the only constant is change. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, track Heather Holly, H O L L A Y down on Facebook with, um, uh, Oh, I'm having a brain fart. You're oh. hope at Hollywood equine. That's your Got Facebook it. page. And go to Conscious Hoofbeat if you would like to schedule your free strategy session. And until next time, listeners, embrace your inner horse crazy and more importantly, enjoy your horse. <laughs>